two. Happy Friday, everybody. It's all of us, all the grief. It is. It's us, grief chat. That way, that way, that way. Yeah. Hi there. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Humor, Grace, and Grief with uh, Jill and Deb. So how is everyone? Heat getting to you? Making you grumpy? <laughs> Making us tired out here? You guys are tired. in decent weather, right? Uh, yes and no. We had some scorchers last week and we're planning on it again this week. So Palm Springs and, was 123 yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Ours isn't that bad. We have heat inde indexes over a hundred something. It's like 95 humid. We've actually got humidity in Southern California now. We're taking on the Arizona summer weather pattern of monsoon uh, type behavior. Uck, uck, uck. But it was 109 degrees yeah yeah this is uh yeah and I, not I even just, the shower will cool off like i try i kept turning no. it lower lower and i thought maybe there's a conspiracy and we're actually all lobsters and <laughs> it's getting us ready to be boiled i don't know i'm not a conspiracy therapist theorist but that's oh, that's oh my gosh that's pretty funny that was yeah. the best i could come up with as i was turning it i turned it to solid cold and it was still hot you know, that's what happens when we leave water in our hoses. The first sprays are all about, you know, oh, my God, are you guys going to die? It's hot water. It's water. Um, in any case, it's not been comfortable for many, many reasons. I can talk astrologically. I can talk emotionally. I can talk about the Supreme Court. I can talk about all this stuff. It hasn't been comfortable. I uh, will say that, in fact, my pride flag that I hung in my neighborhood with the KKK out in the boonie, uh, the cornfields here, um, is still standing. It's it's only the 18th. It's still standing. No bullet holes and no fire. So. Life is good. Yeah. 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 And um, let's see what else. It's Father's Day. It's I Father's Day. Done Father's Day. I was 14 years old when my dad died. And uh, for 14 years, it was interesting. Yeah. So, Challenging challenging but that that wasn't the words given to me uh when i was growing up so i'm father's day sort of always weirds me out i'm not i i know for many many it's it's a time of grieving either grieving a dead father and in one case with a uh, some really good friends of mine they are pre-grieving if their dad might last past Father's Day. Yeah. And then there's those that grieved a father they never had. Right. We said and goodbye to a, a dear friend of ours yesterday who died you know, after a 22-year battle with ALS. After wow. serving with honor and dignity in the United States Air Force. And um, we did a lot to get the Air Force to actually acknowledge that they were part of his illness and he and his partner were together for 44 years. 
Wow. And it's Father's Day. And in the midst of the loss of someone very special who lived through an incredible number of challenges and therefore through some challenges at all of us, because you're not perfect when you're battling a disease like that. Right. Right. And you're battling right. the United States government. But there was also the fact that he was adopted and his adoptive father died when he was young and his uh, they lost a beloved dog who was their child. And so Father's Day this weekend for his surviving husband is missing the other parent to their dog child who was their world, plus all the other father stuff, plus he lost his dad. So there is so much that goes on with this particular Hallmark holiday yeah, and with losses around this time, I can't imagine you're, you know, a family's waiting for someone to be gone and, and to transition with that looming over them because then it becomes attached to that day. I know. I know. Right. And you end up with the double death day because the date changes, but the day doesn't. Right. So, yeah, right. I bet we've got a lot of people here who are grieving fathers they never had or grieving fathers who aren't here or grieving not being fathers. Exactly. You know, I, I often think my most favorite teacher of grammar school was uh, Bob Lyman. I just, he in a lot of ways, and he was never married. And back then I wouldn't know if he had a partner or not. Uh, he was very Catholic and he, uh, I'll say it this way on air. He pretty much rescued me from, he saw things that were happening. And so he stepped into a parental role. And even when my dad died, he came over. And I remember I was 14 and holding his hand as we walked to the end of the street. He came to my high school graduation and he was just just the best and I bet if you talk to a lot of Middleton graduates he was their sixth grade teacher they would say Bob Lyman was like a father to them and I just always remember uh, Sunday I named my talk uh, the good, the bad, the dad. And, you know, the qualities of Bob Lyman, just, he was a dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks we for all need that. that substitute. You, you do. I mean, moms and dads are not everything. And, you're lucky, you're blessed when you get a substitute of some time in your lifetime. Like, you know, uh, there's a friend went to her therapist and said, you know, dad takes better care of me and asks about me than my own mom. And so the therapist asked, can, it be, uh, can she be your good enough mom? when you're missing that thought, that parental figure. So I almost wonder, you know, who are your good enough dads? 
your GEDs. <laughs> Who's a GED to some people? You know, my dad, one of the things I remember about him is he would take under his wing other people whose dads maybe just didn't cut it for that child at that time. And my dad would say, come on over, we'll go camping. And, you know, we'd do stuff. I mean, I had co-ed camp dates before they were popular and I was only like 12 or 13. So, you know, who's that? And then my friend Judy, her dad was a, after my dad died, I met Judy a couple years later or a year later. And uh, her parents were my good enough mom and dad. You know, they, that was a stable family life. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, how about you? What was it like? My dad was um, a treasure to me. I'm very, very fortunate and grateful for that. Um, mm -hmm. He was not perfect by mm -hmm. any means, but he mm -hmm. was a professor at the university. So we were able to spend uh, most of our summers in our very basic camper, not RV folks, camper, right? Um, no air conditioning, thanks. But we'd spend six weeks a year, um, the five of us on the road. Um, and he tolerated us adopting a dog that he never gave us permission to keep. But he bonded to and was the most broken up when Tramp died at 17 as a German shepherd. Wow. Well, long after all of us had left home. Um, right. So, yeah, he taught me to fish and the joy of barbecuing rainbow trout over a fire at 9,000 feet in the Aspens. And um, how to tolerate the heat in Florida, which is where he was raised. So it, it, I was very lucky to have him. And he also was one of those that when other kids didn't have the good enough dad and they came to our house and some of them ended up living with us for a time, uh -huh. you know, we made space and uh -huh. we had, there was one father who showed up at one point and my dad was the mild mannered five foot six organic chemistry professor, right? MIT grad, not a football player. He only played football in high school because everyone else had gone to world war II. Otherwise, they would have made him the water boy. And they let him graduate along with one other person because they kept him back before the draft. And then they he went off to the draft a week after high school graduation. But, you know, he was not a big guy ever. He was never an athletic guy in his entire life. And his childhood pictures, he looks like Mark Twain. Um, huh? And, you know, up in the boat with his little suspenders, right, and the hat and the thing in the mouth, right? The whole thing. Um, but he met the father who came to the door to try and retrieve his child with a shotgun and walked him off our property. You know, it was like the wild west. He showed what kind of dad he was when someone was under threat. Wow. Right. Wow. I'll never forget that moment. Wow. So he was he was a good dad and uh, he fought a long battle with an ugly disease. So we we lost him 14 years ago now. Wow. Mhm. Mm wow. You know, uh Mary Tangora was on 
and she wrote, her dad was larger than life. I can't see the rest of it right now, but yeah, hard to fill his shoes, a full of life Italian man. Wow, Mary, that's, that's, that's a great memory. I mean, not a specific memory, but what a, what a great feeling to have. And, you know, I, my dad was pretty incredible in a lot of ways and taught me. He had a very fluid sense of humor. That's yep. where I get it. He was full of vim and vigor. Uh, however, while I learned about power tools, I learned how to fish. Mm -hmm. I learned all those things. I was, there was nothing about me that was a daddy's girl at all. It wasn't, I, I was not. And um, so my daughter growing up, even while we were divorced, you know, her dad did certain things that were very foreign to me because I didn't have that. My, uh, my, my stepdaughter and my husband, my husband's daughter, very close relationship and very supportive in a lot of emotional ways. And I, I never had that. So I don't, I'm not saying it might not have happened, but um, it wasn't your experience. It was, I have no frame of reference for that. I mean, my dad's in my close time, two places. One, he, you know, he worked such long, awful days and he'd lay down on the couch behind me, right? There'd be a long couch. He'd be like this and we'd watch Alfred Hitchcock, Twilight Zone together, uh, uh, outer limits, you know, and every once in a while he'd scare the crap out of me. <laughs> he'd like, I'm like watching and he'd like, you know, that was, that was my dad. And my dad showed how to be fearless taking care of people, even strangers. So I got a lot of that from my dad. My dad instituted a thing, I think most, more than anything to save my mom from all of us because she huh. had three girls, three years, six years apart. Yeah. Medal oh. of honor. Let me just tell you having oh. three girls who are within five years of each other, medal of honor to her for that. Mine were adopted. I did not have infants with a two year old at home twice. Oh. Right. Oh. And three teenage girls. And so when we were growing up, he instituted, he called something daddy camping, which is, there was a weekend away where it was supposed to be just you. Sometimes it was you and one of the sisters and mom got the weekend either by herself or with just one kid. And we went out in the camper up to the local mountains and we had our, we each had a carving knife and we learned how to whittle sitting or safely. So we, now I do have a missing part on this finger that my sister actually sliced off of me when she was next ah! to me. And he was like, yeah, no, we're not going back. We just put a pack on it. We stay here. This is, we got to buck up. Right. But we got to eat the captain crunch and we got to cook the stuff that we wanted to. It was wonderful. And it gave us our time with him. Yeah. And he did that with the grandsons um, and the granddaughters, Aww. the youngest set of grandchildren. He was gone um, before they got big enough really to do that, but he would take them out um, rock hunting 
or out watching trains, which is something my oldest nephew loved to do. It was a, he loved having that piece, but he came from a history of trauma. His great, his grandparents were immigrants and they had trauma leaving their countries of origin and uh -huh, death, uh -huh. deaths they left behind. Uh -huh. And then there were young deaths of fathers when they got to the United States. And so he grew up in a very isolated family. So he really, he learned to dote on having a family because that's what his parents did, I think. So, yeah, we were very grateful. Paul says, I had a complicated relationship with my dad who died when you were 21, but he was awesome coming from poverty in Armenia to become a well-known ophthalmologist. That's awesome, Paul. It's, wow. it's amazing when somebody comes from a trauma background and uh -huh. turns it around uh -huh. or a poverty background and instead of withdrawing, reaches right. out. Yeah, and there's the trauma, the Armenian genocide. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Wow. In Sweden, we had mass death in Norway because of starvation. And and then we had family members who came here and died ugly deaths in industrial accidents when their kids were very young because they were doing their best to support their families. So we... Right, right. To have parents who were able to come from that and turn it around, Paul, what an amazing story. That's a book right there. Right. Uh, Mary wrote, my dad would take us to the elk club when I was young. He'd go to the table of war widows and buy them a bottle or two of champagne. It made them so happy. Whenever I'd be mad at him, I would think of this. What a sweet. That's incredible. Sweet memory. So let me ask our two listeners, mostly because we have five right now. Five, yay. So I've been asking, I sent this out to some people. Six. What? Six, yay. What are, if, what is something, I've seen, I've heard these good memories and I will be using them. What is something you wish your dad would have learned or done sooner? Or maybe he never learned it. I'm just really curious since we're, sort of going through memory lane. If anybody wouldn't mind posting that, I will be using it on Sunday's talk. Yeah, what are the some you wish had done differently sooner or whatever? It's, you know, for me, I, I wish, and I don't know how he could have changed it, uh, my mom and I were the ones that had the most contentious relationship. And he always said, just can't you, can't you just agree with everything? And I, I sort of wish he would have said, you know, you're right. It's your mother. I, I wish I would have had some support. Like I said, he died when I was 14. So I was probably a brat anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> a little mouthy, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Let's just say when I saw an injustice, I spoke Champions. up. <laughs> yeah, not cool. <laughs> when you come from, when I say the moon is blue, the moon is blue. Right. So, you know, I'm just sort of curious about others. How about you, Jill? Is there anything possibly, how would you answer that question? Well, in our family, my dad was a, was an old Southern boy and had very traditional values when they married. They married when he was 
31 and my mom was just barely turning 21 and had a very traditional courtship and all of that. And then I came out at 18 or 17 and that did not go over well. Let me just say, did not go over well. And it caused a lot of heartache. And yet here I am speaking with love and affection for my dad because that was, it was a huge bump. It was a heartbreaking hump. But when our church became open and affirming years later, my dad led the charge. And I was out of, I lived out of state when it happened. I got emails immediately saying, your dad was at the pulpit crying his eyes out, apologizing for how he handled you and how much he hoped nobody would ever do that again to their child. And he hoped he could be the example to change that. And by the time he died, my parents were hosting, there was a transgender choir that came down here to perform from San Francisco. They hosted them in their home overnight for several nights and he loved it. And they sang with him and he loved music. So he did this 180 shift. I wish it had been when I was a teenager, but when I was a teenager, it was a long time ago. Right, right, right. right even right. today, there are dads not able to do that transition yet. That's right. I wish he'd been able to do that. And I hope that his example changed things for somebody else. My, I, my eyes are, when the heart is full, the eyes overflow. And that's a beautiful story, Jill. Yeah. I love that. You know, I, like I said, I died when I was four. I died. My dad died when, and part of me did too. Part of you did. Yeah. So my dad died when I was 14. So that's a whole different ball game, right? A different perspective. A whole different perspective to be stuck in time that way. Did anybody write anything? Paul says, love it, Jill. And Mary's sending his hearts. Nobody's telling us stories. <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah, but yeah. There, There's always something you wish your dad could have done better more. My kids are adopted and came from... Um, really kind of atrocious backgrounds. And in my heart of hearts, I wish their dads had been able to be dads to them and they'd never had to be adopted, although I love them to pieces. And there are millions of people who've had that experience. Kids who are growing up in foster care or relative care. And, you know, let's remember that they didn't have dads. So when it, it's uncomfortable for me on Father's Day when I hear everybody lauding all the dad stuff I try not to so much because there's so many dads who were the ones who let right. the kids down and abandoned the kids right and that also right. makes other dads defensive because they did step in and they they never considered themselves babysitting they were just it's teamwork you raise your children together but yeah that's a as a as a former social worker for CPS and adoptions there's there's always that tug for me uh -huh. about these days for that uh-huh you know, one of the things I think is really cool is there used to be a show called My Two Dads. And my daughter would watch this all the time, right? Her dad and I were long divorced by then. But she must have been about 12 or 13. Daryl and I had been married already. And she, she wore this T-shirt. I don't even remember what it was. It's like... Uh, 
flanked by two different male snowmen. There was a third one. She goes, look, it's my two dads. So it's Daryl and her bio dad. And you know, what a, that's a pretty cool thing. Uh, Mary wrote, my mom and I were very close and I think she, not on purpose, but unloaded her stuff about dad to me. And I was trying for my dad in my relationship. It was trying. And, mm -hmm. you know, I have experienced that. Yep. Not me unloading on my daughter, but in other divorced family stuff, the dad unloads or the mom unloads. And then you wind up, the kid wind up wanting to protect the other parent. And it's, that happens for some adopted kids too, unintentionally, because especially extended family will, you know, sort of trash talk their birth parents because they ended up being removed and adopted. Those are still their dads and moms. Yeah. And so on Father's Day, no matter what happened with dad, with birth dad, that's still birth dad and he still made them and they still look like him. And, you know, if, if you can admire their eyes because they look like their dads, please do so make it possible to make something special about where they came from. I, I know, I mean, some people I know have really, they, they know their dads were jerks mm -hmm. and they call them sperm donors. Like they're grateful for life mm -hmm. and that's it. And some people need to make peace like that. Right. And there's nothing. And, you know, to say, oh, your dad was this or that. Stop it. Don't, don't sugarcoat it. That's like saying when you're grieving, you should remember only the happy things. Right, right, right. And, I, you know, I'm not a, I'll reframe it so it's more palatable, but I'm not going to deny what's going on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, absolutely. Um, so. It's a fine line. So I, I, I say to the people that cannot be with their dads, whether uh, mind, body, or spirit, that that dad is unavailable, whether emotionally or physically, they're not here either through death or divorce or whatever. Or that, COVID safety still. <laughs> or COVID safety. I forget. Not all states are opening up. And and for those that dads are in transition, uh, leaving this world as we know it, that just take a moment, just like you just did, and breathe in and breathe out. And if you have a good enough dad out there, which would be your GED, uh, if you have a moment to just Focus on some memories, or maybe you're holding your dad's hand for the last time. Focusing on some memories that, focusing on your husband, whether you're same sex or not, focusing on your husband and memories or holding their hand for the last time. Mm -hmm. Take a breath for yourself, too. Uh, 
And remember the lessons you learned. Because they, they leave us with lessons, whether or not they were the good dad or the good enough dad or the not good enough dad. Right. There's, you know, there's something that I learned a long time ago, and I, I really liked it. I heard it from somebody else's therapist. If they could have done better, if they knew better, they would have done better. And, you know, that's really, that's a hard concept when there's a lot of abuse stuff behind it. Mm -hmm. If they had it in them, if they had the ability, if they had the support network, there's, there's so much that goes behind not being that dad who needed to be the dad. Right. There's a whole right. lot to understand about that. Right. right. But let's focus on the good enough dads, the memories of the dads, write down the memories of dad. If there's something, if there was, if you can spend a few moments and you did have the right dad, write down some of the memories before they recede. And if you still have dad, get one of those books where you can interview him or grandpa, ha. get the books and interview him. Find out about right. their history and where they came from and all of that stuff, because that really matters later. It does. It does. Foods, family cultures, uh, weirdnesses, funny stuff, mm -hmm. you know. Did they like Lucas? Have... <laughs> so notice my face just went... <laughs> I didn't hide. I didn't put on a nurse face when you said lutefisk, but a lot of people have that same face if I say gefilte fish. So I like gefilte fish. I do too. I hate you know, lutefisk. <laughs> so my one thing I remember, my dad was uh, he'd take me out on Sunday morning for bagels and lox, right? I had to get up early and go with him and blah, blah, blah. And uh, He'd drive to this place in Chicago and he'd say, see those holes in the wall? That's from the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. And I'm like, oh, my God. He took me to a mass shooting, which was not funny then, but just the thought. Or he'd go, he'd take me out for bagels and lots and he'd let me pick out the biggest brownies. I'm talking four inch by four inch. Back then I could eat nuts with like a quarter inch frosting on top of these great brownies. So, you know, my dad was the cook in the family, believe it or not. And uh, I just remember mm, 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 lots of good food memories with my dad. Yeah. yeah. My dad used food to bribe us to get up on Sunday mornings. Well, first of all, because <laughs> my mom was in choir, so she left for church early. So he had three girls to get up out of bed. I can now sleep through John Philip Sousa with full cannon because he would put that on, you know, we'd have Tchaikovsky going off and the house was shaking and I can sleep through it. Thank you. But then if we did get up and did get ready in time, the car would stop at Winchell's donuts on the way to church mm. and we could pick out the gaudiest donuts, you know, the, the bars with the whipped cream with the sprinkles. Yeah. 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 The, yeah. yeah small wonder I'm the size I am, but you know what? It was good stuff. It was Great stuff. And those were happy memories. Right? Yes. Yeah. That's, you know, those are the things that you do. So. Yep. Here's my challenge this weekend. Let's have some <laughs> fun with Father's Day, shall we? 
or some food that comes try lutefisk this weekend or some food that comes with a uh, happy memory good right. enough dad or the dad you'd wish you'd had oh i guess i'm gonna have to get ribs ribs and meat steak there you go that would be good Ooh, ooh, my dad mm -hmm. did those good on the grill yep yeah, yeah lutefisk is part of our tradition but the tradition was when it arrived from scandinavia it went outside and it never entered the house because <laughs> it stunk from all the lie oh, oh my gosh that's i can't believe and they still sell the stuff it's incredible oh yeah 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 oh yep. my gosh and you're right oh. paul so many memories are tied to i think they're supposed to be food and that's exactly right yes yeah and that's yeah. why i bring it up because that's one way also to teach the next generation or friends and, and who don't know because one of the ways that we that we remember people is by talking about the memories about them good bad right. and ugly right right, right. exactly mm -hmm. when we walked terrell out yesterday the the funeral director who came had lost a lot of weight and he was in this way over big size suit because he'd clearly fallen out of it good for him but Harrell was someone who did the hair, the makeup, and the clothing to style artists to be on album covers and to pose for, you know, Vogue and those sorts of things. And we, his husband and I both laughed. Like, you know, he, he would not get in a car with someone dressed like that. He'd need to tailor the suit. <laughs> right? Remember the funny things, too, because that's how we remember people and share their memories. Right. And that's what Father's Day is about. It is. And uh, for those of you that it's a hard day, let it be a hard day. Take care of yourself. Watch something on TV so you can zone out. Or, you know, if you need a favorite memory of food, if you need to just be quiet and just sit and shut the rest of the world out, do that too because during the southwest float in the pool because otherwise float you in a pool. that's right uh or wherever you are if you need a blanket for it do that rub it do all that. in grab the dog grab grab your dog grab your hamster don't squeeze too hard their eyes pop out it's they really do bizarre. and then they run away you can't find them <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. grab your cat you know or grab your spouse who might just need a hug too. Absolutely. And, and uh, we'll see you again next week. Oh my gosh, Paul, let's close with that. You're oh, celebrating oh. your son becoming a dad. Yay for you. Congratulations, that. Paul. Let's celebrate that. All right, folks, we'll see you next week. And next week we have guests. We have the folks coming who are part of um, the Heart of Hospice. So we're going to do all the hospice they the one of them is the one who um helps who, who supervises chaplains at 50 hospices and the other is a hospice nurse who does quality control now they know all the hospice regs they know all how hospice should be send in the questions they'll answer them yes yes and i'll get to be here i'll be back in town by then yay have a great trip Thanks. all right bye everybody bye everyone